Hello once again, Cougar Nation. Welcome back inside Studio C at the BYU Broadcasting Building in Provo, Utah for another edition of the Coordinator's Corner presented by JCW's The Burger Boys. Coming up on today's show, BYU goes to 7-0 with a 41-10 decision on Saturday night over Western Kentucky. The Cougs move up in the polls as a result to ninth in both the AP and the coaches' poll uh, up one spot in uh, one poll, up two spots in the other after last week. Helping us look back on Saturday and look ahead to Friday's big game in Boise, offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes and special teams coordinator Ed Lamb. We start the show by saying hello to a guy so popular that uh, some people choose to dress like him on Halloween. He is Coach Jeff Grimes. Hello, Jeff. Um, <laughs> easy to imitate, I guess. <laughs> but yet inimitable at the same time. So, uh, <laughs> uh, BYU uh, winning its games this season by an average of 31 points per game. And BYU won Saturday by exactly 31 points. So the numbers say kind of a typical night. But it's a front-loaded night. A lot of damage, all the damage done in that first half uh, from a touchdown standpoint. Yeah, really uh, a tale of two halves, you could say. And certainly not, not happy with the way that we played in the second half. And I think it pointed out, um, in some cases, how we're, we're still not a finished product and we've still got a lot of improvement that we can make. Um, the positive, however, I would say was that uh, I really challenged our offense to come out and start fast. I thought it was really important in this game that we not give them a chance to hang around. I told our, our offensive players that their coach had, had said something about um, trying to hang around until the fourth quarter and feeling like they'd have a chance to win it in the end if they could. And I said our goal is, is, to, um, is to finish this game, not be done by the half. But, you know, you always say you're ready to play four quarters. But I said, let's go out and play in such a way in the first half that they feel like they have no hope. And so the positive is that we did that. Now, BYU starts on defense more than offense uh, on, on the whole. But the O did get the first look on, on Saturday night to kick off. And this was a methodical march down the field to open the game. Ten plays, 75 yards. You convert a fourth down and a key third down. And the big play is a deep shot uh, to Gunner on a third and seven. Yeah, they, they did some different things that we, that we had not um, seen from them coverage-wise. And they made us earn it. I'll give them credit. They worked hard and, and prepared for us and made us work. Um, but our guys were, were ready and, and able to make adjustments and, and did so. How good, by the way, to get uh, to get Gunner a couple of looks early and a couple of grabs on the opening drive after he sat out the previous game. Yeah, it just makes me feel so comfortable to have him back after after being out for a little while. And you know, we've got capable receivers who who did well in in his stead, but he's a special player, and you don't just replace a guy like that. Now, next time you got the ball, uh, it was another 75-yard field. This was a quicker drive. Uh, Back-to-back big plays on that next possession. You had Algier down the sideline, and then you got Milne on the post for the score. Yeah, we, we felt like our play-action game, would, we, we would have the opportunity to create some big plays. Like I said, they, they did a good job taking certain things away. Um, but our play-action game was big, as it has been all year, and, and that was another example of it. So two possessions and uh, two touchdowns so far in the opening quarter, and it was more the same in the second. And when you got to the second quarter, as we're going to see the, uh, I think this is the throw to Dax here for the touchdown, right? Yeah. Yeah, a play, I, I Fessy had done a great job uh, coaching this route up all week, and I looked at him when it was called, and I said, this is going to be a touchdown. <laughs> and so right, he, he knew it. We, we, we all felt confident in this being a touchdown in, in, against that look in that situation. Um, but 
Fessy's done a tremendous job, and, the, and those guys are playing at a really, really high level. And so I got to give give them a lot of credit. But really, our, our entire staff. I'm I'm just I'm so fortunate to have such a good staff that 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 works with me and creating a game plan and and um, and producing what we're seeing on the field. A perfectly placed throw from Zach on that particular play. So you get into the second quarter and, and you score early in the second, but it's a, it's a sudden change play that actually you were off the field very short time before you got back on and uh, ended up putting it back, uh, putting it in the end zone early in quarter number two. Yeah, you know our defense. It's I think we've talked about this on the show before, but we're we're playing such great complementary football right now, and I I don't know that I've ever been on a team where both sides were playing were playing well like this. Um, on a consistent basis, and so um, again, when we when we foul up and give the other team the ball or give the ball to our defense in poor field position, they just go right out there. And and when we get the opportunity to have a fast stop, whether it be from a turnover or a three and out, I feel like our offense it creates energy for our offense. So now you're up to three touchdowns, three drives, and this team has really excelled on on long fields this season. You've had a ton of long scores, and the last two drives of the first half were both uh, long score, uh, long drive scores. 84 yards for a touchdown, 88 yards for a touchdown, and the first of the two, it's a simple little throw that uh, Lopini Katoa then just kind of slaloms his way into the house. Yeah, you know, they, uh, they were fairly aggressive with their linebackers here. You see both linebackers adding to the pressure. It's, it's what we call in, in coaching a green dog. So those guys weren't necessarily blitzing, but they added to it once they saw the play action. And Zach did a great job knowing that if that's the case, then no one's covering Peeney. And so excellent throw and catch and a couple of really nice blocks down the field right there. And, and, um, and Peeney did a good job getting in the end zone. Last drive of the half is the longest drive by number of plays you've had this season. 15 plays just over four minutes. At the end of the drive, you try Isaac Rex two times in the end zone. A play so nice, you called it twice, and the second <laughs> one scored. Yeah, well, I got to give A Rod a lot of credit right there. And really, I got I to give Coach Roderick, I talked about Fessy. I could talk about all of our staff, but Coach Roderick just does such a phenomenal job knowing, what, knowing what's going to work, seeing it from the box. And, and uh, you know, when, when we made that call right there, we were talking about what to do next. And he said, let's do it again. And I said, yeah, I mean, it, it was a good call the time before. We just didn't execute. But, you know, he's looking at it from the box and looking at their corner matched up on, on our big tight end who's, who's hard to miss and, and got phenomenal hands. And he said, let's do it again. And so we did. And, and I thought it was, it was a great job of sticking to our guns and going with what was a good call. So often you walk away from a good call yeah. because it didn't work once. Um, so I thought that was that was an excellent job, um, not only of execution, but us believing in those two guys going back and making a play. Yeah, great example of that. It's there. It's still there. Let's go to it. Yeah. And, and second time it worked for another touchdown. And by the way, Isaac having a, a great season for you so far, isn't he? He is. He's doing what I hoped he could do, and that is be, be the guy. That, and again, I, I, I hate to make a comparison to Matt because no one replaces what Matt would have done for us this year. Um, but... His ability to go up and get the ball and being a big target, um, he's, he's beginning to take on that role in the passing game. And every week he's becoming a more effective blocker. So the first half ends. Uh, you've had five possessions, five touchdowns. And a couple of drives got a bit of help in the way of Western Kentucky penalties got you out of a third and a fourth down. But you made them pay is the, is the point there. 
Yeah, and sometimes you you walk into first downs different ways. Sometimes you earn it, sometimes the defense gives it to you, but that that was the key. We we found a way to make it count. A very you could call it a perfect first half in terms of effectiveness because every time you touched it, you got into the end zone with it. And and so you find yourself in a situation uh, like you talked about, Coach Grimes, where you want to have the opponent thinking, well, we have no shot. And you get up 35-3 at the break, and so the game is essentially won. What was the halftime reset for you uh, going into the locker room on, on Saturday night? Well, we talk to our guys all the time about going out there and playing the second half like it's zero to zero. And um, we made a few adjustments, but really felt like what we were doing was working, um, but just didn't execute at the same level the second half. What kind of personnel decisions had you already made uh, when you came out for the second half? Um, similar to what we've done a couple other times this season, let, we said let's, let's see if we can get a, another possession or two and, and hopefully put another, another touchdown or so on the scoreboard and, and then be done with some of our key guys. And um, really Gunner um, was the one who, you know, he'd been out for a little while with that hamstring and, you know, it, it he wasn't 100% in this game, pretty close to it, though. Um, and so he was the one that, that we went ahead and held at halftime. Other than that, we said, let's go ahead and give these other guys a little bit more time. Those guys played a little bit, and then we, we started taking a few guys out series by series at various positions. So Gunnar Romney, as I recall, comes out of the halftime locker room in sweats. He wasn't padded up at that point. Uh, but no setbacks in the first half for him? This is purely precautionary? Yeah, I think, I think it was a little bit tight. Could have continued to play if we really needed him to, but felt like there we, we didn't need to push it. So when it comes to Gunner, a successful return as far as you're concerned on Saturday night? Yeah, certainly. So And, and we would think that moving forward he can continue to manage this and be a guy you, you count on like you have all season. Yeah, I, I think this week he'll be back to 100% and um, not have to worry about him at all. Kalani kind of joked about uh, Gunner getting back this past week, saying, yeah, he's seen Dak separate himself a little bit in the stats, so I think Gunner wants to get back and get some, <laughs> get, get, get some catches in. Clearly, he wants to help the team more than anything else, but how nice to be able to uh, have two, in this, in this case, two top. We don't want to overlook Neil or anybody else contributing, but you've got kind of a dynamic duo thing going on, and Gunner started the season so well, a little dip uh, due to health, and now he's right back at it. Yeah, it's so valuable for a quarterback to have guys on both sides of the field who can take the top off of the defense. Often you have one guy that has that that type of big playability, and so defenses can roll their coverage towards him. Or you might have a concept called where you're running go routes on the outside, and one side might give you more favorable coverage or a more favorable matchup. when you don't have both of those guys out there, then sometimes it affects your decision making. When you got them both out there, then it leaves a lot of options on the table for Zach. Let's note the fact that uh, in this game, Zach Wilson uh, set another BYU record for most consecutive pass attempts without an interception. It got up to 184, hmm. which is 20 more than the previous record. And on pass 185, there was a pick in the second half. Yeah, it, you know, Zach you know, showed us all that he's human, I guess. <laughs> um, one that he would like to have back and a couple throws that, that he would like to have back. But like I said, they did a couple things coverage-wise where they, where they made us work and showed us a couple things that, that we didn't anticipate. And, um, and he certainly could have made a better decision right there. But, you know, I like the way that we had some guys go and hustle to go make that tackle regardless of the situation. Um, and, uh, you know, I think sometimes when you have, when you have things like that, you can you can make more out of them than are there. Sometimes you just say, you know what, we made a bad play, and um, let's learn from it and move on. 
Was there anything uh, relative to communication between quarterback and wide receiver on that throw as to where, whether one didn't know what the other would do, or is that just simply purely a throw situation? Well, I think anytime you're, you're in those situations where you have go routes that could be a back shoulder yeah. throw, um, there are situations where the quarterback or receiver might have adjusted a little bit differently. Okay. Offensive line shuffles to start. Uh, Tristan Hodge got the start for you at uh, right guard. And you move some pieces around, as you've been able to do. And you can do that, really, uh, with your depth. After Saturday, you've got 150 career starts between your starters and reserve in that front five right now. Yeah, it was good to have have Tristan back. Good to have James back. And, um, you know, those guys... um, Having them back just makes us feel better, gives us more depth. And then we still still were able to rotate um, Chandon um, with Tristan and Harris with Blake and still still provide some depth and, and give guys opportunities to get in and stay fresh. And so it's a good day for us in the offensive line. Seven games into a season, is this as good as you felt about a group of offensive linemen, everything coming together with, with health and tactical and personnel all at the same time? Um. Well, I feel better right now than I did a couple of weeks ago yeah. with with having those two guys back. Those two guys are veteran players, and talking about James and Tree, uh, veteran players who who um, who are not only talented players but have a lot of experience and and have some battle scars. You know, they've they've been tested in the in the heat of the battle, and so you know how they're going to respond. Um, I, I've had a couple of lines at at a couple of times in my career where the overall production. Um, might have been just a little bit higher than we've been at times this year. Uh, but I think that's still a challenge that's left out there for us this year. So I think this group can continue to grow and, and can still get better. Excellent. Coach, thanks for the great first segment. We'll take a break and a reminder that uh, tomorrow night it is BYU football with Kalani Sitake, your weekly look inside the Cougar football program. We are live at 8.30 Eastern time tomorrow night, Tuesday, on the BYU TV app. Coming up, Coach Grimes, offensive player of the game from Saturday's win over Western Kentucky. And a look ahead to Friday night's battle on the blue at Boise State. This is the Coordinator's Corner, brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. Zach Wilson, play fake, open in the left flat, Katoa, catch 35-30, 25-20, veers inside, 15-10, to the 5, he's going in, touchdown! 42-yard score, Wilson to Katoa, and the Cougars extend the lead. We're back on the coordinator's corner with BYU offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes. BYU now 7-0 for the first time in 19 years and ranked ninth in both the AP and the coaches' polls. Saturday, it was BYU over Western Kentucky by a final score of 41-10. It was a game BYU led 35-3 at the break. Two field goals in the second half kind of sealed the deal. And, and Coach, uh, another game for you guys with uh, points in every quarter, and that's a consistency you'll take every game. Yeah, um, I didn't realize that, but <laughs> it didn't feel like that in the second half. But but anytime you score, and we you know we've gotten a lot of we've gotten some emotional lifts from our from our field goal unit from Jake this year, and so that's been cool to see him come on and really gain confidence. And and what we've done on special teams has certainly been um, an addition to what we've been able to do on offense. So what was then the overall feeling coming out of a forty-one point production? Um, after 35 in the first half, it almost kind of you've, you've referenced a couple times, kind of feeling, yeah, but the second half. I think I think that's always the case when you let up in the end, regardless of whether it's one quarter or two quarters or um, whatever the case might be. You feel like you left something out there on the field, and you never want to take a win for granted. You never want to minimize um, a great first half like that. 
Um, however, I think there's, there's always an opportunity for growth when you recognize we didn't do our best for four quarters, regardless of who was on the field. And so there was a, a little bit of both, but at the same time, a real um, exhilaration towards moving finally to the point where we can say Boise State is next. And there is a challenge of staying sharp in games you have in hand and when you're getting in multiple reserves in a game. It's, uh, it, it's not the same feel like when, you're, when you're, you're, in a, you're in a Houston game and you need every guy for all four quarters and then to come back big the way you did. It's just a different vibe. Yeah, there, there's no question. I mean, we, we've, had great, we've had great stats and some great runs this year, but it could be significantly better if we were in position where we kept our starters on the field longer. Um, you know, Kalani's a super nice guy, and so we're going <laughs> to we're gonna continue playing with our backups, and we're going to give Baylor and all those guys a chance to play football, um, but we're not going to be super aggressive, and at the end of the game, we're going to kneel the ball wherever we are, and so um, that's, that's impacted our numbers, but I think, I think at the same time, it's given our guys an opportunity to, to grow in those moments. Let's get to your offensive player of the game from WKU before moving ahead to Boise. And it's a guy that you were good to see back, uh, happy to see back on the field Saturday night, and that's uh, James Empey. Yeah, James makes a huge difference for us in a lot of ways that, that no one will, will ever recognize. Um, but, you know, he, he graded out well, 90%, um, had four knockdowns, countless other times where he's running his guy back towards towards their end zone at the end of the play, incredibly consistent um, in, in protection, um, really got our run game going in a way that, that it hasn't quite had a, in a couple of cases. Um, but probably more than anything, just the, the confidence that he adds to the entire group with, with, his, with his energy, with his communication. Um, He's, he's clearly the guy in the group that, that everyone else listens to, whether, whether they're on the field, in the meeting room, or in the weight room. So to have him out there directing traffic is, is, um, is something that's very comforting for me. And, um, and I think you saw a cleaner sort of play from everyone at the line of scrimmage. Was he similar to Gunner in that maybe he was not 100% coming in but got out of the game without setbacks? Yes. Okay. Friday night in Boise, BYU and Boise State now, two nationally ranked teams. And let's remind folks, this is one of your old schools from back in the day for a while. Yeah, I really, I really got my start as a Division I coach there, working for Dirk Cutter, who, who hired me to be his offensive line coach in 2000. And um, had a great experience there, have a ton of respect for, for that program and what they've done really since that time. Um, I think Dirk went there in 98, and at that time they had just become a, a full-fledged um, FBS program at the time. Prior to that, they had been an FCA, FCS, or in that, at that time, a 1AA program. And 30 years prior to that, they were a junior college. And so if you look at how they've grown the last um, 30 years, and then again, the last 20 years, been pretty, pretty remarkable. But I got a ton of respect for the program. I know a number of their, a number of their coaches from, from their strength coach to a couple of defensive coaches who were there as players when I was there. Uh, I know the head coach and several of the offensive coaches as well. And those guys do a tremendous job. And that's why you see the, the consistency that you do from that team. So we have two ranked teams, two undefeated teams, New Year's six bowl possibilities on the line. Clearly, it's a Friday night center stage game. I know it's going to be a hard, intense work week. But at the end of it, this is excitement and this is fun and this is what it's all about. 
Yeah, it's a great opportunity, and I think everyone has been looking forward to this game for some time. And, and I'll give our our players a lot of credit for for um, staying the course and not looking forward to this game too much and appreciating every week. Um, but I think everybody knows this is a game that, that both teams have been looking forward to for some time. You see the poll there from the AP and as many great games as these teams have played over the years and exciting games, first time that both teams have been ranked when they're facing off against one another. Boise, by the way, 2-0, uh, beat Air Force handily uh, on the weekend. Came out of it a little banged up. We'll see who's available for them on Friday night. When they play a game Saturday, you play a game Saturday, but you've got a quick turnaround. How much, how much do you get into what they just did uh, against Air Force? Well, anytime a team plays um, a triple option team, you look at that differently. We yeah. certainly look at it from a personal standpoint to see um, – how physical they played, and, and at times you pick up a couple of schematic things, uh, but most of what we'll do will come from what we saw the previous week against Utah State and then what we know from this team from having played them in the past. And what do you think you know about this Boise State defense? Um, very, very sound, extremely well coached. Uh, they, In a lot of ways, they call defense the way that that offensive coordinators call offenses in a way to try to create balance. So. One of the things I think about all the time is trying to be 50-50 uh, run pass in certain scenarios or in this formation, we've run it a little too much. We need to throw it a little bit more this week in this formation and to try to create balance. And they're a very balanced defense. They play, um, they play uh, cover four, they play cover three, they play cover one, and you can see any of those coverages on any down and distance. They play an over front, they play an under front, they play an odd front. You can see any of those fronts with pressure from the field, from the boundary, or the interior of the defense in any of those situations. And so a very balanced defense, very, very sound, don't give up a lot of big plays, and are able to... Uh, to finish high in scoring defense every year because of that. They give up a few yards here and there, um, but really do a great job keeping people out of the end zone. Okay, a word or two about the short week. Uh, it's a no-Sunday practice situation, obviously, at BYU. And there's a no-Tuesday activity rule this week uh, with election day tomorrow. So your preparation time for a Friday game is less than it would normally be. Uh, how does the team react and respond to this? Well, I think it is, a, it is a significant challenge, but every challenge is a great opportunity. And so I think we'll look at it that way, and I think we'll have players who will be highly motivated to practice today, highly energized to practice on Wednesday, knowing that they're two days away from, from game time after having had a day off. And so we'll get, we'll get great practices and great energy, and you know I think we're to the point in the year where we have enough experience that that we, can, that we can tweak some things a little bit, maybe in terms of presentation, but run our plays and, and do it with great execution. All right. As we head to break, a reminder that dinner after the game at JCW's includes something for everybody, from burgers to wings, shakes to salads, JCW's quality, and a lot of it. Ian Lehigh, American Fork, Provo, South Jordan, now open in Harriman. Fans, you can tune in to Cougar Pregame Live this Friday night, 7.45 p.m. Eastern Time, 5.45 Mountain on BYU Radio as we get you set for BYU and the Broncos of Boise State. BYU looking to go 8-0 for the first time since 2001 and its two nationally ranked teams going head-to-head. -head. Coming up after the break, your questions for Coach Grimes from social media. You are in the coordinator's corner. We're in Studio C here at BYUB and we're brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. Coordinator 
Commander's Corner on BYU-TV is brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. BYU Food To Go, the MVP of your next event. Siegfried and Jensen, serving Utah families for over 25 years. You're in the Coordinator's Corner, brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys this Friday night. Ninth-ranked BYU visiting 21st and 23rd-ranked Boise State. BYU 7-0, Broncos 2-0. BYU the highest-ranked FBS team ever to play on the blue turf in Boise. Visiting with offense coordinator Jeff Grimes, taking your questions from social media now. Uh, first question comes from at D-Lo underscore Gunter. Hmm. This is D'Angelo Mandel. His question is, Coach Grimes, do you ever smile? The answer is yes, you're smiling now. <laughs> um, occasionally, when there's, when, when there's cause for it. Okay. Thanks, D'Lo. Good to have you on the show. Uh, at Freedom Guy uh, tweets in, the game appeared to be a tale of two halves on Saturday versus WKU. What's the biggest positive, though, you took from the game and then the biggest thing that needs some attention? Well, I think, as I said earlier, I think, I think the biggest positive was the fact that, that we came out with a lot of energy and started the game with, um, with the kind of excitement that you would hope that we would, even, even though we were playing a team that we were, we were favored to win um, by a lot of points with. Um, I think the biggest thing to, to walk away from it with in, in terms of improvement is, is there, there's still just a lot of little things that we can do to get a little bit better. You know, we could be just a little bit cleaner in the run game or in the protection or with our route running. And, you know, um, we, we, aside from the one, the one turnover here, we've, we were good again um, with, with having good ball security. There was one time I felt like maybe a couple where, where we were swinging the ball a little bit loosely. And I think that's something that you can always talk about, even if you don't turn the football over. We had a couple of penalties. You can clean those up. And so I think we're, we're doing a lot of things pretty well, um, but I don't think we're doing anything as well as, as we can at any position. So still a lot of room to improve. At BYU underscore game day, with only two days to really practice this week, what do you put the most focus on? Um... I don't know that there's anything you put the the most focus on. I think what we're going to try to do on offense is is um, spend spent you know normally on Monday we do a little bit of work towards the next opponent, a lot of cleanup, and um, it's a shorter style of practice, and we spend a lot of time watching the previous game and reviewing that. Today, we'll spend a little bit of time on the previous game, making corrections, learning from that, the most essential things that we that we need to improve upon at each position. But most of today will be spent on, on Boise State, and it'll be a Tuesday style of practice. And then Wednesday will be a day that's, that's um, like a typical Wednesday for us in that we'll, we'll um, install plays in the red zone and for third downs and hit all those situations that we hit then. And so what we're trying to do is just recognize that we have less time to do everything that we normally do. I want to squeeze in one quick question about the weather uh, from Mark Watterson. Rain, colder temps in the forecast for Friday. Boise's giving up a lot of run yardage. How do you balance the game plan when you have a tremendous quarterback and receivers, but conditions might be best for a run-heavier offense? Well, I think cold weather doesn't keep you from throwing the football. And a lot of times rain doesn't necessarily even affect you. Unless it's a torrential downpour, um, you can still throw and catch um, really well when, when, the, when the ball is wet and when it's raining. Um, really wind impacts your throw game more than anything else. Um, 
I, I do feel like that's one of the advantages of our offense, that we can do what we need to do in any situation. I think we've got a, a weatherproof scheme, and so if we need to, to run the ball more because of the weather, we can. Um, but with a strong-armed quarterback like we have, um, I, th I still think we can throw the football in 99% of all conditions. All right. Coach, thanks for the uh, half hour. Have a great short week. All right. We'll do it. All right. That is Coach Jeff Grimes. Saturday night, get set for BYU and Boise State on BYU TV by tuning in to Countdown to Kickoff, 830 Eastern, 630 Mountain Time. Coming up next, special teams coordinator Ed Lamb joining us in the coordinator's corner, brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys, back to Studio C right after this. You're in the coordinator's corner, brought to you by JCW's, the Burger Boys, the BYU Cougars, a top 10 team in both major polls after Saturday night's 41-10 home decision over Western Kentucky. BYU ninth in both the AP and the coaches' surveys, 7-0 on the season as the Cougs now get set to face 2-0 and 21st-ranked Boise State at an empty, we expect, Albertson Stadium Friday night. BYU 0-5 all-time at Boise State, but the Cougs did win their last game on the blue turf in the 2018 Potato Bowl. We begin our second half of the show by saying hello to BYU defensive coordinator, linebackers coach, and assistant head coach, Ed Lamb. Coach Lamb, good to see you once again. I see you, Greg. Thanks. Well, congrats on another solid win, uh, right? Uh, third fewest points, third fewest yards allowed by BYU in that 41-10 uh, home win on Saturday. Yeah, I thought, uh, I thought the guys handled business for the most part um, defensively and in the special teams. Special teams really we didn't have any challenging situations, but the defense was challenged early, um, as has been the pattern now for a couple of games in a row. Offenses have come out and, and done something completely different, out of character, and uh, Western Kentucky came out and, and ran a check-with-me system, and so we really had to make some adjustments there after the first drive, and, and we, we had to stop showing what we do. We had to stop trying to time up blitzes, and we had to be ready to check the defense when they check their offense to an advantageous play. And on that note, they kept with it even when the game was out of reach for the most part. Yeah, we, we, you know, that was interesting. That was kind of a, a concession there, the first series of the, of the second half. You know, we're playing with a big lead, and, and we're trying to make sure that we're not overly aggressive in that situation. And credit Western Kentucky for putting together a long drive. But, uh, you know, down 30 points, putting together a long drive in the second half is really not right. the goal for most offenses. So uh, really pleased with the way the guys at least got the goal line stand there at the end, but, but uh, too many yards on that particular drive to open the second half. Uh, so in the most satisfied, least satisfied category, what do you come out of Saturday with? Um, well, I think, I think most satisfied just has to be the, the team's ability to get a victory when everybody says uh, that's a game that we, we should win or that we must win or whatever, however people say it. And, you know, our, our guys, they have ears, they have eyes, they read, they know what's going on out there, they know that we're favored, know that we're heavily favored. And football is a sport where... You know, any Division One team is going to bring physical challenges. It's it's a painful sport to play. You have to be ready mentally and physically every week to give up your body, and sacrifice uh, you know sacrifice four hours to the cause. And and our guys did that and came away with a with a good solid victory. Anything you come out of it saying? Yeah, we got to clean up. I think uh, yeah. I think I just mentioned on defense the the things that we need to clean up. Um, you know, as far as the we gave up two long drives, one to start each half. So we'd like to start a lot faster than that. Um, and then in the in the special teams, I think our operation time on punt can improve. Our snap uh, snap catch and kick, we've got to get quicker in that area. 
And then, um, and then offensively, I think, you know, and this this would go for the defense as well. You know, some of those backup guys got in there, and they have a special challenge. It's one thing to put one backup in, and he's playing with the other starters. But a lot of times now this season, our backups have gotten in together, and so those guys need to figure out a way to rally, mm. and put a product on the field that they can be uh, a little more happy about coming out of the game. BYU is getting off to great starts on the scoreboard. Offense uh, giving the defense a lot of wiggle room these days. Five touchdowns in five drives to, uh, to open the game on O. Yeah, that was that was incredible. I, I think a couple of uh, key third and fourth down conversions there. It wasn't as if we were just slicing up Western Kentucky with uh, first and second um, first and second down conversions. These these were these were well thought out, well thought out game plan, and uh, really a nice job up front uh, in the in the running game as well. The running back up front, the protection of Zach, Zach delivering the ball to receivers who were bringing it down and doing it against a lot of new coverages that we hadn't really seen out of Western Kentucky. They, they certainly changed their game plan for BYU. So last week, uh, the previous game, it was four touchdowns in, in four drives, ended up being six in seven, and this one's five for five. So there's a really high level of efficiency uh, happening with this team right now. And, and, and I, I mentioned it with Coach Grimes in the first segment, but, but long fields uh, are something with which BYU is really excelling right now, particularly the offensively. They've been backed up inside the 20, inside the 10 multiple times and come out of those drives with touchdowns. And I would credit, uh, you know, obviously credit the players first for that. But uh, one thing that the players are doing really well right now is getting out of our own end. And then that opens up new options. Uh, you can be more aggressive around midfield. You can be more aggressive with third and fourth down conversions than you can backed up in your own end when a, when a mistake might be more costly. And they've just done a tremendous job, the staff, the players, of executing down there in our own end. Now, you mentioned it already here on this show, and Coach Sitake after the game frustrated with the number of long drives Western Kentucky put together. There were three drives of 12-plus plays in the BYU game, and BYU allowed only one 12-plus play drive in six games coming into that one. Now, only three points were allowed after all three of those long drives, and that's ultimately the bottom line. Yeah. So not so much harm was done, but it did keep maybe the offense off the field for longer stretches than they would like, and that can hurt rhythm on that side of the ball. That's right. Yeah, you know, those, are, those can be difficult. They came in with a game plan and executed. So credit Western Kentucky with long drives. For whatever that's worth in the final score, it wasn't worth much, but yeah. I agree with, with Coach Shitake. We've, we, we want to not only be a great scoring defense, but we want to be a great total yardage defense. We want to get the ball back quickly for our offense. Like We can be good at more than just one thing. I think um, in that game, you know, we, we, we gave up too many yards on those three drives. And, and BYU's been a, a dominant defensive three-and-out team all season, and just the one three-and-out uh, on the tally on Saturday night. But ultimately, again, it's, it, in, in some ways it's window dressing, in some ways it's not. It's a 10-point game for the opposition. It's fewer than 300 yards, and, and you win uh, handily, yet you're able to learn lessons uh, with a W. We were, and we had, we, you know, one of, the, one of the challenges of that game, I'll get, again, I'll give Western Kentucky some credit here. One of the challenges of that game was containing a very athletic quarterback. If any, if any fans are interested, Google, Google uh, uh, Pigram's. Tyrell at, Pigram. Tyrell Pigram, yeah, yep. he's T. Piggy, they call him. Yep. Google him, his highlights when he was at, at Maryland, uh, just darting through Michigan and Ohio State, and, and I think they put up 40 points or something again on Ohio State when he was the starting quarterback there at Maryland. He really is a dynamic guy, and so our, we credit our defensive line with, with keeping him contained. We had to take some of the more aggressive things out of our scheme, and so they, I thought they had a good game plan coming in to keep the score low if that's what they were trying to do. Uh, you were down a number of key defensive players as well on Saturday. It doesn't get talked about a ton. You kind of do what you do with the guys you've got, but 
Peely, Batty, Wilcox, Fanua uh, out. Uh, Zane Anderson leaves the game injured. Depth uh, tested once again. It sure was, yeah, as will be the case all year. Uh, the added stress and challenges of, of the COVID-19 pandemic and everybody's uh, dealing with that as well. And uh, yeah, the injury, the injury bug has bitten us uh, once again this year. And uh, as it does every team, we like to just not count it and just really count on the next guy instead of counting the number of injuries. Without going into great detail, is there some good news ahead for Friday night relative to defensive personnel getting back and on the field? Yes, there, there, some of those names that you mentioned will be back and we're excited about that. It's excellent. Uh, most rush, alar- uh, rush yards allowed this season were put up by WKU. Kalani told us after the game he was uh, rather displeased with the run defense. Yes, we, we, uh, one of the goals in, in charting run defense is yards per carry. We want to be an efficient run defense, and we were not as efficient as we should be. We like to keep the opponent to less than three yards per carry, and uh, we were not successful in doing that. I think in the first half alone, they were at four yards a carry, and I think it went up from there. to 4.6 was the finish. Okay, yeah, 4.6. That's... That's not good enough for us. Um, again, defensive line playing a little bit high. Uh, we're worried about a quarterback escaping the pocket. And so in some of those is run situations, we didn't, didn't play as well and as, as low as we usually play. We didn't dominate up front like we're used to doing on the defensive line. It's a real challenge for our guys to get back to that standard of defensive line play that we're used to. BYU is still, however, allowed only two rushing touchdowns on the season. And Western Kentucky's one touchdown on the night comes on a, on a short pass on a first and goal that's set up by, by BYU's lone interception. So it's a short field, really short field. They score on, and that was it for them offensively, touchdown-wise. Yeah, credit, credit the defensive line for that season statistic. That's incredible. And through seven games, so only have two, allowed two rushing touchdowns. But um, the, you know, on, on that night, our defensive line will be the first to tell you they, they can play better than that, they need to play better than that, and they will play better than that. Uh, Zach Wilson uh, is is playing so well that that, that an 18 for 32 night uh, for 224 and three scores feels just ah, it was okay. Yeah. He had the one interception that he had he hadn't had a pick since the Navy game. It's amazing. He actually ends up. You may have known this. Um, he ended up to 184 straight attempts without a pick before he threw that pick, and that's a new BYU record by some 20 over the previous record holder. He's he's. Uh, I mean. Uh, I'm just jumping on the bandwagon here. <laughs> Incredible all year. with, but, but I really credit a lot of those statistics about his efficiency and the fact that he hasn't thrown a lot of interceptions. It's timing. If, if you watch Zach this year carefully with an aspect of timing, he hits his drop quickly, and then he has a great sense. That, that's a great clip right there. He hits his drop. He doesn't like what he sees, and then he starts to move in the pocket. His eyes are still downfield. He does that well, but he just has a, a tremendous understanding right now of how to be efficient in the pocket. And his rushing yards, as you reference, they're coming patiently. They're not coming uh, uh, in, in a herky-jerky or hurried way. It's all part of the progression. That's right, yes. He, he's, he's got the respect of his opponents. They're dropping back into coverages. He understands that if, if the receivers are well covered, then there may be an opportunity for him, but he's going to keep his eyes up and move downfield, sense the rush rather than you know, be afraid of the rush. He's, just, he's got a, the clock in his head right now about when to get rid of the ball according to the routes and according to the scheme and the protection at hand. I mean, that has been really on point. That's, to me, the major factor in his success this year. Okay, last word on Saturday. Uh, when you're up 35-3 at the break, BYU's not really staying on the gas in the second half, but only one score allowed. It came on a short field, as we talked about. Offense, field goal in each quarter, so you score in every quarter. You go to 7-0, and you're up in the polls. It's another successful weekend. What was the, the locker room vibe after that one on Saturday night? 
Yeah, the locker room vibe was immediately moving on to the next opponent. We uh, and I think that's typically the case when we start to empty the benches and, and the starters are on the sideline. They're they're having a blast cheering on the guys that that don't maybe get to play quite as often. And and then and then but we get in the locker room and it's a, there's a quick celebration. We always sing the fight song. Um, you know, Kalani and and some of the guys that he calls out do some some dancing, some celebrating that way. Lead the way on that charge and then and then it's on to the next opponent any specific challenges this week we have some some preparation challenges ahead of us but that's that's what the vibe was in the locker room have you been part of the uh dance party call out in the past uh reluctantly yes i I mean i am a soldier i am an employee and so if the (laughs) if the head coach feels like that uh, it's appropriate for me to dance then i have a, a move i always use the same move uh, yeah, what I, is it i just have some some crossover steps a little bit of sway early and then and then i and then i have a it's kind of a crab dance you know i get down low and use my pincers and that, oh. it seems to bring the guys you know to a roar every time so i don't know if they're laughing or celebrating Crossover into sway into the crab finish. Yeah, I, mean, all right. I don't know the language. That's all good. That's yeah. what we're going to go with. That's what we're calling it. Uh, it is break time. And, and uh, speaking of, you know, it, it's, a, it's a break dancing uh, vibe. Uh, a reminder that with BYU's win on Saturday, if you live in Utah, you can get 50% off pizza today only using the uh, promo code BYU50 at papajohns.com. When we come back, players of the game on both uh, defense and special teams, we preview the Friday Night Lights showdown between number 9 BYU and number 21 Boise State. This is the Coordinator's Corner brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. So down to the 39-yard line of Western Kentucky. Looks like the ball may have come out late, Greg. BYU says it's recovered the football, which did pop out late. And the crowd response seems to confirm with the Cougars' claim, and now the official agrees as well. It's a late strip and a fumble recovery for BYU. Isaiah Kofusi on the recovery of the fumble. We're back on the coordinator's corner with BYU's special teams coordinator, linebackers coach, and assistant head coach Ed Lamb. BYU at Boise State Friday night. Cougs looking to beat the Broncos on their home turf for the first time ever. For the previous five meetings in Boise have been decided by five points or fewer, often very dramatic games. BYU got to 7-0 with a 41-10 home win over Western Kentucky Saturday night. And let's start the segment, Coach, by getting right to some players of the game from Saturday. We'll go to defense first. And the fellow we just saw with the fumble, strip, and recovery is one of the two players of the week for coordinator Coach Elisa Tuiaki. Isaiah Kafusi gets the nod, as does Troy Warner this week. Yeah, two, two real foundational uh, rocks for us, uh, those two guys, Isaiah and Troy. They, they can be counted on to deliver not just every game, but every practice. They really show up as leaders. They bring uh, great energy. They have a lot of fun uh, in the meetings, in practice. All business, but uh, at the same time, a lot of fun. Enjoying the things that we should be enjoying out on the practice field and in the meetings, which is plays being made by themselves and their teammates. Um, so great game by those guys. They, they could get player of the game nominations every week. Isaiah, part of a football family, and uh, so too Troy Warner. I was watching Fred Warner uh, in a press conference this past week with the Niners. He, he, he says humbly that uh, Troy's the better football talent in the, uh, in, 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 in the Warner family. High bar set by Fred, mind, mind you, but uh, he's, he thinks that Troy is a guy that has ingredients that, uh, that could take him to the next level, too. He, he does, and uh, you know, as far as the, a lot of the things that we pride ourselves on as football players, Troy can 
do a lot of those, and that's probably what Fred is talking about. Is you know Troy can go and he can play receiver. He, he can look good at a running back position. He has a lot of athleticism. He's not just a not just a defensive player, not just a linebacker. He's a, he's a tremendous athlete, really flexible and and uh, able to cover a lot of ground. Let's head to the special team side. Yeah, your wheelhouse and your players of the week. Well, we started out with the field goal protection unit and another group that could get it every week. That is, the, I always tell those guys, that's the toughest two seconds in football. Uh, the protection unit is coached by Eric uh, Mateos. He does a great job with those guys. They always come ready to play. And uh, that's part of ben, uh, Jake's success, certainly, are those guys. Wes Wright was our special teams player of the game. He, uh, w- he was able to draw a penalty on a touchback, which is rare, but he continued to play all the way through the echo of the echo of the whistle. And uh, he kind of drew a penalty from the Western Kentucky team, and then Jake Oldroyd was our, our top rock, which usually goes to the top coverage player of the yeah. game, but uh, in this instance, Jake was Jake was rocked on a, a, a late uh, or kick, kick interference, I guess you'd call it, or roughing the kicker, running into the kicker, popped right back up and, and made the second attempt, made the field goal, so tremendous mental toughness, physical toughness by him. Okay, kudos to those guys. Uh, more on Jake Oldroyd. Uh, among kickers, with at least five field goal attempts and at least 25 PAT attempts on the year, BYU's Jake Oldroyd is one of only two FBS players yet to miss a placement kick. A real credit to him. Uh, what, a, what a start to the season. He's focused on continuing to get better, and, and uh, he's got a good crew around him. He's got a, a snapper, a holder uh, that he really has a lot of trust in, and they're working well with their operation time. And then, as I mentioned earlier, the, the protection unit it really takes a lot of pride in what they do. We haven't had... Uh, any kind of significant pressure up to this point. And we're seeing, for those watching, the onside kick made at, at Houston. And so uh, a, a lot of tools in the box for Jake Oldroyd. He sure does. And that's, that's just, that's a professional taking his craft seriously. Uh, he, you can find him out there at any time in the summer when I come into the office. Uh, and the, it's, it can be kind of a ghost town at certain times of the year. Uh, you'll see you see a ball fly up on the far practice field. It's a couple of hundred yards away from my office window, but pretty good chance that's Jake out there working on not just his everyday skills, but skills like that chip nine. Okay, Friday night. It is BYU and Boise State. Uh, first up, uh, it's a short week and not a lot of prep time, less than normal. Uh, with uh, a practice today, nothing tomorrow with Election Day, and that's across the entire NCAA. Practice Wednesday, you hit the road Thursday, game Friday. So it comes quick and you got to get a lot done. It sure does. One of the things that we probably don't talk about enough, the, the tremendous job that everybody's doing, you talk about staff and players, but the veteran group that we have this year, the group that's been through tough losses and, and tremendous victories, and the group that can pick up more game plan than we have been able to, to use in the past, uh, that group is going to be what we count on this week. That's the group that, even with less preparation than the opponent, um, even with uh, you know, a, short, a short week with a Friday game and all the challenges that go into this particular week, we're counting on them to rise to the occasion. We're counting on that veteran leadership. We're counting on that experience. All right, final segment is coming up. Let's head to our break and tell you that as we step away, we remind you that for your daily Cougar Sports play-by-play, tune in weekdays to BYU Sports Nation, noon Eastern time on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Coming up in our final segment of the show, questions for Coach Lamb from social media. You are in the Coordinator's Corner, brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. All right, quick final segment here on the Coordinator's Corner. Social media, question coming in from Andrew Garrett. What are some of Boise State's offensive strengths you're addressing most this week in practice? 
You've got to start with the players, uh, their players up front. Uh, they, they lock well at the line of scrimmage. They're, they're really well coached. Their steps are in unison up front. They've got two quarterbacks now that we've seen on video, uh, deep threats at the receiver position, multitude of running backs, and they're, they're really hard to predict. They, they don't have any tendencies that they're not aware of. I'm going to squeeze in one more question quick from Zach Lovell. Quick answer from you. When you saw film on George Udo, how soon did you want to pull the trigger and offer a scholarship? Oh, the, the, film, the film was the final piece. As soon as I saw it and we offered, we were ready to go based on track time and coach's recommendation. Good stuff. Good answer. Nice, quick. And that'll do it for this week's uh, Coordinator's Corner. We'll do it again next Monday at uh, 1 o'clock Eastern time here on the BYU TV app. For coaches Ed Lamb and Jeff Grimes, I am Greg Grubel. Have a great week and go Cougs. See you.